Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to how God's preached word affects every moment of our daily lives. This sermon was preached by Pastor John Rasmussen at Holy Cross Lutheran Church. Good morning. Would you please pray with me as we prepare to hear God's word? Father in heaven, we uh, pray that in these moments to follow that you would open up our hearts to your word. Father, I ask you that the same Holy Spirit that was given to your church on Pentecost uh, would be given to me, uh, that I would preach by the power of your spirit, and that each of us would have ears and eyes and hearts that are opened by your spirit uh, to receive your word that it would produce good fruit in us. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are beginning the first of six sermons uh, focusing on our new mission statement, Growing Gospel-Centered Disciples of Jesus Christ for Life. And I'm hoping you've got one of these booklets. Uh, If you haven't gotten one, just go ahead and pick one up after service. Uh, We'll have staff at the ministry desk who can help you get one of these booklets. Uh, Basically, we'll be reading uh, one chapter, and then after we read that chapter, we'll preach on that the next week. And so this week, you did the introduction if you were part of a Bible study or life group, and today we'll be preaching on the introduction. The text that I want to use today is from uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, a letter we're very familiar with. We spent a good deal of 2022 in uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. And let's go ahead and read together Romans 15, verses 5 through 6. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. As Paul gets to the end of his letter to the Romans, he's really summing up what he uh, would consider to be the purpose of the congregation, that the congregation in all of its diversity would be unified around Christ, that the, 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 the congregation being from people from different languages even or in different nations, different experiences, different ethnicities would come together and they would with one voice together glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And and so as Paul ends Romans, he's really kind of holding out what his hope and his prayer is for the church, that they would be a unified church, a church that is very much on the same page, singing to the same tune, all in key with one another. And as I think about this text, which will be a very central text in this series, uh, I think about the doxology Uh, You can't be in church too long and not start to kind of pick up on this tune, right? Uh, It's one of those things where if I just started singing it, a lot of you would just join in with me, and we would, with one voice, together glorify God together. Uh, It is, uh, you know, sometimes if you get around uh, people who've sung the doxology quite a bit, maybe their whole life, uh, you're going to hear different uh, octaves, and you're going to hear even, you know, some harmony going on as people draw their voices together and sing uh, these wonderful words together. And so I thought that maybe it'd be a good way to start the sermon today to kind of drive this home by if we were to sing it together. And so I thought I'd just give you a first chord, right? And then we'll all sing it together, same key, unified. Sound good? All right. Here we go. 
We're going to have to work on this, right? Uh, we don't even know what key we're in, right? That sounds pretty awful, right? Um, you know, instruments, uh, if you leave them just by themselves for any amount of time and say the weather changes, they get out of tune. I can guarantee you that if the weather changes and my guitar is sitting in my office, I will not just go play it because I know it's going to be somewhat out of tune. It's going to be sharp or flat, whatever the weather's been doing. If you drop an instrument, I can promise you I've never dropped this new guitar that I have, uh, but other guitars I have, I've dropped. When you drop a guitar, it's going to be out of tune. It's going to get things uh, off key, right? And as we go through this service, I think uh, the, this ser uh, sermon series, I think a good way to begin is just to recognize that all congregations, over time or because of circumstances, all congregations get out of tune, right? Uh, sometimes it's just gradual passing of time, right? that the congregation gets out of tune, the members get out of tune with one another, or maybe they get out of tune with the purpose that God has for them. Maybe they're singing out of key. Sometimes, just like if you drop a guitar, it's going to be out of tune. Sometimes a congregation will face, you know, very abrupt challenges or maybe some type of crisis, whether it be financial or a crisis uh, within, like, um, I'm thinking of when Holy Cross, when the um, looking right back at the back of the church, the, all that collapsed um, back in, what, 2014? And that was a, that, I think that's an out-of-tune moment, right, where, where, like, we experience something traumatic and it gets us out of tune. Um, I think that having a long-standing associate pastor vacancy, right, when after Pastor Lappy took a call to Messiah, that would have been an out-of-tune kind of thing, uh, right? And so, uh, the goal today is to talk about what it means to be out of tune, but also what it means to be in tune as a congregation, because this is the purpose of this sermon series, that we would kind of listen, are we in tune or out of tune, and then ask God by His Holy Spirit to tune us as a congregation, as individual members, to the tune that He wants us to sing so that we can glorify God together with one voice. Sometime in the 50s AD, sometime before Paul wrote Romans, the Jews were told that they could go back to Rome. We read about this in the book of Acts, chapter 18. So imagine that you are a Jewish Christian, you had to leave Rome, and now you go back home to Rome, and you're going to go to church. But now, all of a sudden, the church is not at the synagogue. The church is meeting in houses. So imagine, like, if you moved away from Holy Cross and you came back and it's like a different building. And then imagine that all the people are different. You don't know anybody. And not only do you not know anybody, they're all Gentiles, meaning they're non-Jewish. And so when they get together for church in their homes, they're going to have some food that makes you really uncomfortable as a Jewish person. Can you see how maybe there's going to be some divisions and some disunity and some discord? And so I believe Paul wrote Romans to this church made up of Jews and Gentiles to help them to learn how to be unified around the gospel. And that's why Paul spends like eight chapters, eight, nine, 10, 11 chapters talking about the gospel, 
talking about the saving work of Jesus Christ so that these Jews and Gentiles could be unified around the gospel. Because the gospel means there's no boasting, right? You can't boast that I'm a part of the family because of my ethnicity. I'm a part of the family because I kept the law of Moses. No, there's no boasting before the cross. And so it's that message of the gospel that actually unifies people who had no real earthly reason to be unified. And that, that gospel tunes the Roman congregation back to unity. And being in tune, they are then able to join Paul. This is the other reason that Paul wrote Romans. They're being invited into partnering with Paul in spreading the gospel westward to all nations. Paul had plans to go to Spain, and he wanted the Romans to help him. So what about us as a congregation? Are we at Holy Cross Lutheran Church in tune or out of tune? You know, honestly, it kind of depends on who you talk to, right? Somebody might say, oh, yeah, we're in tune. Things are going good. Other people say, I don't know about that, right? Kind of depends on who you talk to. From my perspective, I feel like there's a lot of things that are in tune. I can tell you that I'm excited to come to work every day because of the people I work with. Uh, The staff that we have at Holy Cross, they are some of the best ministry professionals in the world, I think. I mean, they're just phenomenal people, and they are salt of the earth, light of the world people, and they really encourage me because they are gifted in ways I'm not gifted, which makes ministry a a joy for me. And so I can tell you that uh, for me, it feels like our staff is really in tune. We're excited to lean forward and do the work that God has called us to do. Uh, We have an amazing board of directors, and we're a unified board of directors, and we are looking forward to the future, asking, what are the goals that we have as a congregation in the next year and the years ahead? Um, Did you know that in 2022, we had over 90 people join Holy Cross? And that's a joy, right? There's, there's, There's things that are in tune. But after 2020, I'm guessing there's a lot of things not in tune. I don't think that any church made it past 2020 in tune. That was like we we all got dropped, right? And we're out of tune. And I think that we're still out of tune in many ways. But also, I think there's some unique things in our life together at Holy Cross that could actually still make us a little bit out of tune. And I think it's good to process that out loud, our shared history that we've had here in the last three or four years. One of the things I learned uh, a couple years ago, I took a a foster care class with my wife uh, back in 2020, and uh, one of the, the concepts that they were teaching us is the difference between maturational loss and situational loss. This is kind of a concept they were teaching us to be aware of as you're caring for kids who've been through some trauma. Uh, So maturational loss means a loss you experience that is normal as you go through the stages of life. So for example, potty training is a maturational loss because you can't wear diapers anymore. Your parents are saying, come on, get on the toilet, right? There's a little bit of a loss there in the little world of a two or three-year-old, right? Uh, If you graduate high school, that's a maturational loss. You're excited to graduate, but I have to go into the world now. When When you leave for college and your parents are empty nesters, that's a maturational loss. 
Or when you retire, that's a maturational loss. You knew that you were eventually going to retire, but now that you're retired, there's excitement and joy. There's maybe some more hours in the day, but there's also grief and loss. Now, our congregation went through a maturational loss when your senior pastor of 10 years, Pastor Dooley, retired in 2019. That was something we knew was going to happen because every pastor will eventually retire or take another call. But it's hard. It's hard in ways that we're not even aware of when you've gotten used to the voice of a preacher and the pastoral care of a pastor. And then all of a sudden, it transitions. And that causes anxiety in us in ways we're not even aware of. And in fact, anytime there's a change a change in pastors, a change in staff, there's always anxiety. Even for the people that are excited that, hey, yes, we're grieving, but we're also excited because we have uh, a new senior pastor and we have an associate pastor who took a call after that long vacancy. There's also anxiety. Maybe there's anxiety because you're like, I think this pastor might do what I want him to do in the church and make the church the way I want it to be, right? And then when it doesn't happen, we're disappointed and more anxious, right? Um, There's anxiety and there's grief both ways. So having a a long-time pastor retire, uh, that is a maturational loss. Having a senior pastor uh, replace a former senior pastor, that is a loss that we experience, right? It's something that causes anxiety and grief in us even though it's natural. It takes time for trust to build, right? Now, that's a maturational loss. A situational loss is when you experience a very sudden, abrupt loss that you didn't plan on. It would be like if you got into a car accident and totaled your car, or it'd be like if you uh, were diagnosed with cancer, or if, if you had a sudden death in the family. This would be a situational loss, something you didn't count on that causes also anxiety and grief. Now, wouldn't you all agree that 2020, everything about 2020, it's it's so interesting how we can just say 2020 and we have all these thoughts and feelings. 2020 was a situational loss for us as a society, for us as a world, and for us as a congregation. It caused all kinds of anxiety and grief in us. And still does. So I would say that the, um, let's process this a little bit more. The 2020, I mean, my goodness, what a year. We're glad that one's done. I know we're kind of tired of talking about it, right? We're just like, we're over it. But I think it's good to process this a little bit. You know, not only were we not able to be with one another for a season, but also people who were together, grew farther apart. Relationships that were once close or broken, and family members that once talked to each other at holidays no longer do, or there's distance, because all this anxiety in our society really caused us to kind of put the worst construction on each other, right? So I'll give you an example. In in staff here, we were trying to figure out the whole mask thing. Wasn't that fun, right? So it's like, on the one hand, if we go the mask route, there's going to be some people really upset. And then on the other hand, if we don't, there's going to be people who are really upset. 
You really couldn't win either way. And it was tricky because we're all new as staff members. And so that trust hadn't developed. And so it was just hard. It was really hard. And, and it was just such a weird time that, that, by, that by wearing a mask, somebody would think, I bet you voted for Biden. And all these things that come with that, right? These unfair kind of slippery slope, jump to conclusion things. Or if you, if you didn't wear a mask, somebody would maybe think, I bet you voted for Trump. And all the unfair conclusions that come with that. I mean, what a messy time. It just really caused us to, to, to cancel each other, to ghost each other, to move away from each other, to not have patient conversations where we say to people, tell me more about that. I'm listening. It was a hard time. Now, I would say what's unique about Holy Cross that has maybe caused us to be a little bit out of tune is is the fact that we experienced a major maturational loss right in the middle of a major situational loss. Like, the transition between uh, senior pastor to senior pastor and then many new staff members, a new associate pastor, all of those things happened... Those maturational loss things happen alongside this huge situational loss called COVID. Not a great environment for trust to develop, right? I read an article recently that was talking about a study about the effect that lack of proximity, distance, has on working relationships. So people who used to gather in an office around coffee or a water cooler and talk about what they did on the weekend and maybe, you know, share ideas and, you know, maybe apologize. I'm sorry, I haven't looked at your email yet, but I'll get to it. You know, that kind of cohesiveness that people often experience in an office was all of a sudden taken away. And and many people were even working remotely for a year or two on Zoom or through email. And the the, the finding of the study was that there's, a, 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 there's a, a correlation between lack of proximity, between distance, and lack of trust. So the more distance you have for people for a longer time, the less you're going to trust them, the more you're going to be suspicious, and the more you're going to put the worst construction. Like, I bet they didn't respond to my email because they don't like me, right? Stuff like that, right? We as human beings do that. And so can you see how in a congregation where you have trust that needs to be developed with new leadership, all of a sudden you have lack of proximity for three, four months, a year, longer. You can see that maybe we as a congregation might be a little out of tune with one another. We may have come back to Holy Cross after the pandemic and we may have said, Something feels off. I don't know these people, right? I think we've all responded to this grief, this loss, this change differently. Some of us have been excited. We've embraced change. We've said, hey, this is great. Um, Some of us have built that trust. We have a strong relationship with our church and with one another. Maybe those of you who are new members are like, uh, I've just been here for a year, so I haven't experienced any of this. Um, some of us may have built trust, but it took time. It took face-to-face conversations. Um, some of us maybe not so sure yet. 
some of us uh, are maybe still watching online or we're watching on, on television, and, and maybe we, we've, we've tried to cross that barrier to come back to, to worship, but every time we get up Sunday morning, there's just something that you just say, I, I can't do it, right? Um, some of our members have gone to other churches. I'm thankful that they're part of a church. They've let us know so that we know they're in pastoral care of a congregation, um, some of us may have no church, um, but um, the point is that I think that there is potential for us to be out of tune as a congregation, and the purpose of this series is that we would, sermon by sermon, uh, see what it means to be in tune, what it means to walk according to God's purposes, to sing the tune that He's given us to, to sing as a congregation, because God has good work for this congregation to do. Um, but we need to be unified as we do it. Now, the good news is this, is, um, you know, God, no matter how in tune or out of tune we are, God doesn't love you because you're in tune. God doesn't love you more because you're closer to being in tune and love you less because you're more out of tune. No, it's the love of God in Jesus Christ that actually tunes us. See, God finds us and loves us when we're out of tune, and it is His love and His grace alone that tunes us to where we need to be. God doesn't love Holy Cross Lutheran Church and have good purposes for it because we're in tune. If that were the case, we wouldn't make it. God loves this congregation, and He has purposes for it because of Christ. Christ died for us. He laid down His life for us and was raised from the dead. And we were baptized into Him before we could even be in tune. It's His love, and it's His love alone that gently, patiently tunes us back to where we need to be as a congregation. One of my favorite, most treasured, beloved possessions that I have is a bass guitar that somebody threw in a dumpster once. Uh, there's a story behind this. We used to do a white elephant gift exchange every Christmas at my former church in Connecticut. Uh, the worship team would host this. We'd all get together and have a lot of fun exchanging white elephant gifts. That, there was quite a history with that tradition, uh, so much so that there was a rule you couldn't bring anything living. Um, <laughs> there was a hamster that got um, exchanged uh, back and forth. It, I think it was okay. It found a good home. Um, but so you had, had to bring something non-living, and it had to be from your house. It had to be something that you took from your garage or your junk drawer or something like that. And so um, the item that I, uh, I think I stole from somebody, because you can do that in White Elephant, is a bass guitar that somebody had dropped into the dumpster and just left for, for the dump. A friend of ours who was a bass guitar, found, uh, bass guitar player found it and brought it as kind of a joke. Um, and so I took that thing home, and for a while, I didn't really know what to do with it until here at Holy Cross, I had a friend of mine uh, on the worship team here who put new strings on it and rewired it, and now it's like one of my favorite possessions. I play it all the time, like when I get home from work, play the bass guitar. Um, and, and I share that with you so that you know this is that before we were in Christ, we were headed to the dump, right? 
Because what does it say in Ephesians chapter 2? That, that we were dead in our sins and trespasses, sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and we were not headed for good things. And yet, God in His love found us not when we were beautiful or were able to even play a single note. God found us and in Christ saved us, not because of the beautiful noises we could make, but simply because He loves us. And having found us, He's made us His own treasured possessions. We are adopted by grace into His family. We are justified by His grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We are His. God owns us, untuned and all. And yet God is, is very, very uh, focused. It's His will that He would be glorified through us, right, as the church. It's His will that we would be tuned and conformed to our Lord Jesus Christ. It's His will that we would, with one voice, together glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's His will that we, as His instrument, would be used, tuned, and used to His purposes. But it's because we belong to Him that we're tuned to be in tune, right? And so we need to keep that in mind because... Some of the things we're going to talk about in our, our sermon series might be a little uncomfortable, you know, embracing a growth mindset rather than a status quo mindset, maybe talking about the language of discipleship rather than just, I'm a member and I show up, right? The language, you know, of, of remaining in Christ for life, those things can stretch us, but we, re- we need to remember that it is the love of God that does this for us and not our own efforts, uh, not our own strength. And so as God's treasured possessions, as His beloved instruments, uh, we come to Him and ask Him to tune us during this sermon series so that we can, together with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And to Him be the glory. Amen.